Grush says that for decades, these extraterrestrials or whatever you want to call them, extra dimensionals, that they've allowed humans to annihilate themselves through genocides, war, famine, etc. So Grush basically thinks that they're neutral on what humans decide to do with their free will. We remote viewed that. And when we remote viewed that, we literally saw like the TR-3B. We saw these craft up there that they were literally engaged in fighting, getting blown up, blowing other craft up. That it's a logical fallacy to say that because they're advanced, they're kind, referring to extraterrestrials. And whenever someone's character is discredited when it comes to this, you know that there's an operation on them right now and it's going across the media, so. It's a lot of reverse engineering stuff going on in these corporations, you know? You can't hold all of this in the black project world and, and maybe figure some of it out. They have to send it into the public sector in order to really understand the full ramifications of it. Hi everyone, welcome to Metaphysical. Well, we couldn't have a podcast with that name if we didn't talk about one of the most metaphysical topics out there every so often, UFOs. And perfect timing, because everyone's trying to figure out the truth about David Grush, the Air Force whistleblower who publicly claims that the U.S. government has a highly secretive UFO recovery program and has non-human spacecraft and dead pilots. We started talking about Grush's claims and background last time, but today... Professional remote viewer John Vivanco will be bringing you his remote viewing data on the subject. We'll also talk about why the government and media are responding the way they are, who Grush is saying the U.S.'s adversaries are, and if these adversaries may come from off-planet, if you can believe that. Well, decide what you think of all of this after you hear what we found. Join John and me, investigative researcher Rob Counts, for a show that's out of this world. And if you are listening to us on... Uh platform, video platform, wherever, podcast platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World now, or anywhere else. Just go ahead and leave us a five-star rating review. It, it really helps. And make sure that you subscribe wherever you are. John, how are you? Good. <laughs> this good. Is a, we've got a, for, for everyone this is watching a good one. on... On video yeah. right now, we've got a pretty big upgrade to our sets here for for all of y'all. Um, yeah, and we're going to kind of keep upgrading things over the next few months, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully this yeah. is smooth, clean, yeah. smooth. Um, well, yeah, awesome subject today. And uh, actually, even between um, when we discussed this, um, you know, a little over a week ago, and now there's been a lot breaking with what's going on with Grush. He is recently kind of being heavily criticized, which furthers our discussion from the first episode on this, that this doesn't seem a part of the plan. Grush is now being criticized. People are questioning him simply because he had psychiatric detention. We're talking about a U.S. veteran who has PSD or has had PSD in the past, has challenges that a lot of veterans have. Um, this isn't a new thing, but he's sort of being disqualified, I guess you could say, or they're trying to denounce him a bit because of this. What do you think about that, John? Well, a couple different things. Um, number one, you can tell that there was a kind of a lead up to this type of information coming out. Uh, 
because of the photographs there before they put this information out, they were with the photographs and mainstream, they were trying to show him as being unstable, right? So this seems like a, a plan that was in place. Now, the other side of it, every single thing that Grush has said is stuff that's already been out there. It's been like, there. stuff that other researchers have already brought up. Right. right. And this is the part that actually drives me crazy when it comes to people focusing on the government to tell them what is and what isn't. Right. This is the part that just drives me insane, because if you did your research, heck, you can even have your own alien experience. I mean, literally, you can see the craft yourself. If you do anything like what uh, Stephen Greer's been doing, the CE5 method, where they will telepathically call them in, you will become your own disclosure engine. You don't need the government to tell you what is and what isn't. Heck, learn well, remote viewing, you can remote view this stuff. and Or even simply it. going to the places where there's more activity reported yeah, or allegedly. Exactly. You know, a lot of right. people just hate on these subjects without really looking into them themselves. They're listening to a talking head like the media every week, and they don't believe anything outside of that or what science is is telling them. And I think this this is a large problem that collectively as a human race we're dealing with right now is how did we get to a place where in the 80s and 90s, everyone was very suspectful of and wouldn't listen to these big corporations. And now somehow they're all uh, like, they're all just listening and not quite like, why would a media or a corporation that controls a media tell you the truth? Really? You know, like I'm not saying they're not either. I'm just simply saying what happened to questioning this stuff, you know? Right. I mean, here's the thing too, is that because they're enacting this character assassination campaign and they started with the photographs, then they put the information out. There's something that Gresh has. And you know, I mean, if you've been in this field for a long time, you know that what he's saying is already true because it's coming out from other areas. So they're very threatened by the information that he's putting out. Bottom line, they're threatened by this information. So, yeah. so that makes it worth looking at. Yeah, and, and just, this is one of these derp photos, these unflattering photos that they're they're putting up there of Grush. Now, mind you, during a, a press conference, there's literally unlimited amount of angles. Like even this, like it being asymmetric, putting them on that far on the side of this photo, they're using really specific tactics to get bad photos of his face and make him look like he's crazy. Like you just, how can, look at this photo. How could you not think someone is crazy? But if right. you, you have to go and listen to his interview with the reporters to judge for yourself, you can't just look at what the MSM or whatever you want to call it, the mainstream media is telling you about these things because we don't know what marching orders they're being given and from who. Yeah, we don't know. So this is this is this is the interesting part to me now because they're actually legitimizing him. As far as other UFO researchers are concerned and people who know about this stuff, they're legit legitimizing him by placing him in this context. Because for all of us who who have two brain cells to figure this stuff out, you can tell what they're trying to do. They're using very classic propaganda, you know, methods to actually deal with this situation, which tells me something going on here wasn't according to plan. And now exactly. 
and now for you guys at home listening to this, John has actually gone through the trouble of of having him and his team remote view what's going on with this guy. And we've got some bombshells to to share with you um, either at the end of this episode or the next one when we've gotten through all of this, because there's still a lot to go through with Grush, a lot of his testimony and claims that he's making about what's actually going on with these with these UFOs and these programs. So before we get on to all of that information, we're actually going to show you Grush's response to the um, to the criticism that he's been getting for his, you know, psychiatric detention that's kind of come about. OK, so this is a Ross Colehart uh, tweet for everyone at home. The tweet basically says statement from David Grush. I will be interviewed on at Chris Cuomo on new at News Nation about this breaking story at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Incredible that a malicious leaker thinks it might be beneficial to their efforts to try to discredit an American patriot by leaking his struggle with PTSD. This is this is definitely an issue. Because, I mean, I don't know how many veterans, John, you've talked to, but PTSD becomes a really big issue when we're sending our guys out to war. He's coming out into the mainstream he doesn't probably want to do this and you're criticizing his PTSD from those things. I mean, that's a very, very shocking, very low. It's like hurtful. Like it hurts me to even hear that, you know? I mean, here's a guy who's protecting the country, who is serving the country. He gets PTSD from it, which happens to, I don't know what the percentage is, but when you go into battle and you see this stuff, you experience this stuff, there is an inevitability that you're going to have some form of PTSD. So, I mean, to, to go attack that, man, that is low. So this is his uh, personal statement here. And the title of this is personal statement for immediate release. It says the mental health struggles of U.S. military and intelligence community personnel is a broad issue that is very close to my heart. I believe it should be discussed in an open environment due to the stigmas associated with the subject. It has come to my attention that The Intercept, that's the media, intends to publish an article about two incidents in 2014 and 2018 that highlights previous personal struggles I had with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, grief, and depression. Like many veterans, I struggled after returning home from Afghanistan. Furthermore, I was personally affected again years later when a close friend of mine, an intelligence officer who was serving in Air Force Special Operations Command, AFSOC, at the time, took him, I think he meant his own life, shortly after we last spoke. I'm proud to be transparent on this matter, and I'm glad I got the help I needed to continue my intelligence career and maintain my TSSCI clearance with multiple agencies. As I stated under oath in my congressional testimony, over 40 credentialed intelligence and military personnel provided myself and my colleagues with the information I transmitted to the intelligence community inspector general, and I took the leadership role to represent the concerns of these distinguished and patriotic individuals. These are not solely my allegations, but rather of multiple individuals that put their careers and reputations on the line to report their concerns of activities outside of congressional oversight. Very, very clear statement here if people take the time to read it about what's going on. Yeah. Like I said, I, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's this part and parcel of, of being in combat situations and, and they're, they're in the combat situations in order to, to protect. And that's how they, that's why they go into it. So I think, you know, for, for me, it's just, 
to, to, to hold that over somebody's head uh, is, is wrong. A hundred percent. I believe it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, obviously like if, if, if somebody does something um, bad, rash, yeah. their PTSD rash, bad, there has to be an accountability for that. But that does not, that does not mean that person is giving wrong information. Those things are two separate things, ultimately two separate things. But this is one of the hallmarks of, of, um, of uh, engineering and, and, and running operations is to discredit someone's character. And whenever someone's character is discredited, when it comes to this, you know, that there's an operation on them right now and it's going across the media. So I hate to agree with you yeah. on that, but it's, it just seems plainly true with everything that we've been researching yeah. and stuff, you know? Okay. So it um, is true. I mean, shoot, yeah. you know, when we get to the remote viewing part, you'll see because <laughs> right. this is not just remote viewing on his stuff that he's claiming, but it's, the stuff that's been going on since the 1930s, 40s, At least. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's all and a lot of this stuff is documented. So come on. Yeah, yeah really do some research outside of what the mainstream tells oh, you. And, yeah, we'll get more into that in this in these yeah. tangents that we're probably going to take. But um, <clears throat> so more we're going to go through the rest of his testimony. He claims here that the head of Pentagon Pentagon's UAP investigation program, Sean Kirkpatrick, told Congress that Pentagon's UFO investigation body found no credible evidence of ET activity off world tech or objects that defy known laws of physics. Kirkpatrick says that there's a lack of data associated with those cases. When I hear this kind of stuff, it's just, it's just absurdity. Just, you know, come on that what the, the Pentagon UF UAP uh, investigation for the public. Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and listen to this. <laughs> Grush says that he knows he's known Kirkpatrick for eight years and that Kirkpatrick didn't follow up with Grush after Grush, Grush showed him a year ago what he was starting to uncover. So he conveniently did not follow up about all of this stuff, which, I mean, says a lot, right? Right. If if his testimony is true, which I'm I'm likely to believe at this point. All right. So then he he says that the head of the body... Congress ordered to tell Americans the truth about the UAPs is possibly misleading the public. Okay, so next is the head of the body of Congress, you know, who's basically ordered to tell Americans the truth about UAPs, you know, he's supposed to, is potentially misleading the public. Yep. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that I guess for most people, I'm not sure, there may be a satiation feeling when they hear that the Pentagon is investigating UAPs. It's not investigating UAPs. It's to contain and control the information on it. That's what it's for. People don't realize this. They place it as something different than what it is just for public perception, but it's to contain and control the information about UAPs since UAPs are of the highest classification. Because when you get into the crash saucers, like this stuff is buried deep into black projects that are so compartmentalized with all these classification levels that people that are po in politic, politics, politicians in the government don't even know about them. The president doesn't even know about them. Exactly. Not that the president holds power. So, Well, and it may just be Kirkpatrick's orders 
to not delve into these things so that he can publicly say, I don't know anything about this. I've never heard any of this data. I'm in charge of these things officially on the outside. And I've never come across any of this information. So he's got a problem (laughs) when a guy like Grush comes to him with information that threatens his orders, right? Yeah. And that's the whole thing of this. That's that's the whole thing of this is just putting an official agency, official authority to counter the whole shebang, just to counter it, you know, and, and to use aspects of it for themselves if it's useful uh, in, in public responses. So now nah. uh, they're afraid of him right now because of the, uh, the, the, the clear um, character assassination campaign. It's interesting that as this conversation is going on, I mean, I, I'm I'm sensing that he's 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 dropping like neutron bombs here because yeah. very shortly after that, he he basically says that it's a logical fallacy to say that because they're advanced, they're kind referring to extraterrestrials. And this is interesting because this conversation comes up quite often in uh, whatever you want to call it, the disclosure community, where people are actually openly talking about these things much more often. There's a big group of people that think, oh, ETs are just benevolent. And there's a group of people, of course, that are like, well, not all of them. And you need to be careful. And or there's a bunch of evil ones because I've been impacted by this. Like some people actually come out and say that. And whether you believe that at home or not, that's, you know, you can look into this yourself. However, he says, I quote, I think the logical fallacy there is because they're advanced, they're kind. We'll never really understand their full intent, and that's because we're not them. But I think what appears to be malevolent activity has happened. That's based on nuclear site probing activities and witness testimony. So Grush saying, not always friendly. A lot of the people who do CE5 will just randomly open up to whatever because there is that it's like something exciting something fun something higher dimensional uh and so it's sort of a sort of a blanket thing that 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 they a lot of them believe not all of them that you know they're all friendlies i think um that may come from dr stephen greer i'm not 100 percent sure if he uh if he believes that or not but i think you know since he was the one that developed the ce5 it could be coming from him not sure Hmm, interesting. Also, you know, the way I look at this issue is like, would you just let anyone into your house without like finding out kind of like if you didn't know them at least enough to invite them in, you wouldn't really invite them into your house, right? Like right. that's a big step. And so when we're talking about the earth, which is kind of like our home, I mean, should we just allow anyone in? I mean, what if what if they have malicious intentions and they want to take over or I mean, think about Earth right now. Human beings develop technology not for peace and prosperity. They develop technology so that they have the biggest gun pointing at someone else. Exactly. Right. And this is how technology here has developed. People don't really recognize that. I don't think they think that a lot of the private sector stuff is developed because, oh, you know, money, capitalism and all of that. But actually, the military has been behind so much of that development. And so when you have these alien races or extraterrestrial potential races out there, well, how do you think that technology potentially developed? It's just in a space environment, not on Earth, right? 
Right. Or at different dimension. Um, you know, right. some of these beings are not from our physical reality. <clears throat> They're from a different dimension. In fact, they'll use dimensional ways to get here, folding of space time and whatnot. Um, so, in the, but that, that's the thing too. I mean, you know, he even said our adversaries, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was yeah. even pointing, actually people didn't know what he meant by that statement too. Right? It was like, um, our adversaries, was he referring to China, Russia, whatever? What's the full statement on that? Yeah. He, know what that is? he did talk about adversaries. So he, he did claim that some benevolent activity has happened. Um, also, instances of taking down craft by our military. He, he also claimed that there were methods, and we'll get into that in probably one of these episodes coming up. He, he said here like he, that he can't really get into the specifics and reveal classified U.S. operations because that would get him arrested. I mean, there's guys waiting to arrest this guy, right? He was briefed by individuals on the program that were that there were malevolent entities harming humans and murdering humans which that's very direct okay now now here's here's where the adversary's comment comes in he says that us rivals are in competition with us to understand silent cold war with russia and china it was kind of like asked and he just said adversaries which which i think a lot of people would think like oh well maybe there's some other countries that are adversaries, but I was like, he might not be referring right. to just human beings here. He's not. He's not. <laughs> I don't think so. He's either. not. He's not because we looked at that. Right. And, and I mean, who's more of a threat, Putin or like, you know, an alien race with like far better technology than our own? The thing is, is that because of these crashes, uh, well, TR3B you know, the TR3B yeah. was like this early, early edition of those until they probably figured out how to mimic the material on it. But the TR3B, that triangular shaped craft is uh, kind of like, it's kind of like a Mickey Mouse job. They were able to back engineer. We've seen it with the TR3B in general. Like this is like paneled, riveted panels, like what Shrat has, has said. Um, and that, that's, 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 that's the, like, probably some of the first, um, renditions of <clears throat> actual anti-gravity that worked for humans. Um, there may have been earlier ones, but that's like the, the one that they would use in, in wars. What was that guy, Ed Grimsley, Ed Grimsley, who like in the, around 2010 timeframe, he was, he was living like in the Sierra mountain range and around Cal in California, somewhere around there. And he was using night vision goggles and he was spotting what he thought were space battles going on, UFO wars up high in the atmosphere. And he'd, he'd had some, have some of these um, recordings of through night vision of, of these dots moving around and then sometimes projectiles, sometimes puffs of stuff, whatever. And so he was assuming space wars. So he built this sort of following around that and he would sell them night vision goggles and all this stuff. We remote viewed that. And when we remote viewed that, we literally saw like the TR3B. We saw these craft up there that were uh, like riveted with panels and, and they were engaged in fighting. They were literally engaged in fighting, getting blown up, blowing other craft up way up in the atmosphere. And I, in fact, have, have seen this in like Pete 
Pete Slattery and I, when I was down in Australia with Pete yeah, for right. a couple of weeks, we actually filmed uh, a light flying through the so sky that shot a projectile off. And I have seen that before out here. I haven't got it on film, but I've seen lights fly and then projectiles shoot off of them. So, but that's like the TR-3B. That's like that old thing. That's skin. Like the skin of the TR-3B is like, it's like a battleship, like what Shrat said, exactly like that. But when you get to these craft, they're totally different. Like they have a skin that, what, it's memory metal, right? Can't even get into it. Right. Okay, so John just brought up Michael Shrat. Uh, there was yeah we'll get to him i'm like yeah, we will ahead. get to him i get it, too it, excited it's a lot of exciting stuff but I, I just wanted to tell you guys if you're interested in seeing a really crazy interview super interesting it's on rise.tv ben my co-host for edge of wonder interviewed shrat and he goes through just example after example after example of whistleblowers coming out and he's got illustrations that show kind of what was going on from these testimonies that different people in the military have have given and uh, i highly recommend you you check this out because um like john and i both loved it and we're gonna have a show that kind of talks about a few of these things and we've had john remote view a few of the claims in here to see what's going on and we'll be getting that into that and in, uh in an episode coming up soon yeah, definitely watch this. It's, it's an incredible interview on Rise TV. Absolutely. So many things in there. And, and it's really exciting, too, I have to say, that now I'm sure Shrat, just having been in this world for as long as he has, just feels so happy that people are actually recognizing some of this work now with Grush coming out, with, with Eric Hecker coming out, uh, the Antarctic whistleblower. We have several episodes coming up that you guys are going to see about all of that. This is probably going to uh, come out sooner. We're going to release these sooner because it's so pressing, like the stuff is going on right now. Yeah, so um, kind of back into the things that Grush has been claiming. So he says that there have been agreements between U.S. and non-human intelligence. Grush won't say, but he hopes national leadership will get to the bottom of it. So he's not confirming these things, but he is saying that alluding to it being a thing, which, you know, if anyone has been researching this, you know, since the 40s, 30s or 40s, these relationships were said to have been in place. The thing is, is that like everything that he says is is like the things that completely, utterly, totally tickle every UFO conspiracist across the planet. I mean, these are the things, because these are the things that all of them, all of us have known for a very long time. I mean, right. J. Allen Hynek, who was originally running the Project Blue Book in the 1970s, 1960s, 1970s, for the Air Force, went in as a skeptic, and Jacques Vallée went in as a skeptic and came out like, uh-oh, something anomalous is happening here, right? On right. That, that's on the public side. And I mean... Every single person, it doesn't matter who you are, you could have a, a million PhDs and all this crazy stuff, whatever, physics, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you research this, talk to people, you will find that the phenomena is true. So we can't have the media taking control of the narrative here. I mean, this is the, the, the most irresponsible thing in the world to, for people to allow that to happen. In 1971, um, everybody knows that between the U.S. and the USSR, um, you know, that we had the Cold War, right? Apparently, there is a treaty 
that's used to notify each other when there are craft in the sky that are not one. Like, I mean, think about this for a second. I never really thought about this until Grush said it. But if there are UFOs flying around all the time, there would have to be a way of communicating between countries that weren't friendly. Hey, right. this is not our craft. Don't shoot at us. We didn't do it. Because there, there's apparently so many UAPs out there that they have to communicate with one another when there's aerial phenomena in a certain specific territory <laughs> that is not, you know, people will probably just be like, oh, this must be the U.S.'s because they're the most highly advanced. But actually, no, a lot of times it's not and they have to communicate, right? Right. Hey, that's our like flying rested battleship, the TR-3B. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't shoot it. Oh, down. that. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah, right. Or that, oh, that, that saucer is not ours. We, we didn't, we didn't um, dissect the Glock yet. So yeah, there's this um, flying saucer um, in, what is this, China? In China, yeah. That, that has the, it basically transports, transports tourists. Basically a helicopter, but it looks like a UFO. I want anti-gravity. Screw that. I, don't I want know. Propellers. Just don't give me more propellers. Somebody's yeah. arm's going to get cut off or no. worse. <laughs> And China, you know that's going to happen. Like, how many people's limbs got cut off creating that thing? <laughs> Who knows? He kept the bombs kept coming, man. He he starts talking about false flags, you know, and regarding this, where they're communicating with one another. And he said, you know, false flags could happen this way. UAP, UAPs could be considered by other countries to be other countries' weaponry and spark problems. So they want to de-escalate those problems before they happen. Right. Right. The interviewer kind of asks if if any crimes have been committed. <laughs> and Grush's calculated response here is that at the very least, he saw substantiated evidence that white collar crime was committed. <laughs> Which I think is funny because it's like, you know. Yeah, it's it's almost taboo to talk about. But like, who who are the biggest criminals in the world here? And I'm not talking about one specific country either. I'm I think that there are a lot of these, you know, people could be in league with one another in ways that we're not aware of just being kind of like, you know, normal people out here. The interviewer also asked him if people have been killed to protect this secret. And Grush said, quote, based on the people I have talked to, that was an ongoing concern, unquote. He won't repeat what he heard, but it was a strong concern, which tells you everything you need to know. Just keep in mind, and this stuff is like highest classification. Someone starts talking. That's that's just going to get you killed. Yeah. And, and, you know, for those of you kind of wondering, like the process that Grush went through before he released all of this information, he took four years to vet this information to see it kind of like if he was being used and, and if it was all true before he even filed a whistleblower complaint. And then he resigned of his own accord after being concerned. He claims that he is not a disgruntled employee, that he resigned on his own accord because he thought altruistically that it's more appropriate to show leadership on the outside, what he claims, which we'll be getting into a little bit more, what's really going on behind the scenes, right? Okay, so the journalist interviewer says, as a journalist, it's hard for governments to keep things secret because most things leak. Why hasn't this leaked? Grush says, 
he's been the recipient of a lot of government secrets that have never seen the light of day. But the other side of that is that there are aspects of this that have leaked many, 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 many times. It's just that mainstream media, since it's folded into government and social engineering, doesn't leak it, doesn't play the game of, of bringing these people forward because they're not supposed to. That's, that's all there is to it. So they can't really say that. That's an erroneous statement by the press. Well, and how many cover-ups have there been? I mean, come on, right. people. Yeah. Like like Roswell, I mean, right. the Grand Canyon, like you've got Egyptian hieroglyphs. You can't even exactly. fly in certain areas of the Grand Canyon. There's a Smithsonian article or like a LA Times article all about this thing. Actually, I mean, there's articles out there about this stuff in the early 1900s. There it is. The, there's the Roswell Daily Record of, you know, the UFOs. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you had high high ranking people like Colonel Philip Corso, who was involved in tr in technology transfer from the crash disks at Roswell into the public sector, whatever they wanted to put out at a certain point. Um, that's his claim. Um, so there are a lot of whistleblowers out there. It's just they choose to ignore him. So he he basically was in charge of 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 taking this technology, especially what he claims is the transistor, and feeding that into United States industry so that it can start to be used throughout the public and devices and stuff, uh, among other things too. So, you know, oh yeah, this stuff happens. I mean, you can see it in, in some of today's new scientific discoveries. One of the things we're gonna get into at a certain point. A lot of new scientific discoveries are, are under the surface feeding of certain industries with this type of information. They don't literally get a piece of the craft. They get under the surface information from a friend that they don't know that friend is in. If somebody's working on something, they don't know that friend is part of this disclosure type project. It just gets fed to them. Hey, what if you did this? What if you did that? Oh, that's a new crazy novel idea. Let me try it. Well, that whole idea came from the, cr the crash craft, right? So this happens. This happens a lot. It's a, a lot of reverse engineering stuff going on in these corporations, you know? Yeah, because, you know, you can't you can't hold all of this in the black project world and, and maybe figure some of it out. They have to send it into the public sector in order to really understand the full ramifications of it. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you brought that example up. Um, what was his name? Course, Course, Corso. Colonel Philip Corso. Yeah, because like there you have it. Like here's another guy in the military coming out, hoping that this technology can actually benefit the people around us. And Grush actually said something very similar. He said he wants the NHI tech to be shared so the world can benefit. Uh, an example is nuclear weapons. We all acknowledge nukes and we have it, but you can't have the designs, right? Meanwhile, nuclear physics is unclassified academia studies it why suppress basic astrophysics astrobiology other hard and soft sciences broadly so he says that he's starting a scientific foundation and will share the classified info he can't with the public with any government official who is cleared to know so he's being very careful with how he's wording these things this is the thing this is like he's got to be really careful he can't just go out and say anything I mean, he's going to get picked up if he does. In fact, they're probably looking for ways to pick him up right now. So this is interesting. He, he says that um, non-humans 
after they find out humans know about them. Like what's the, this kind of question about that, right? Grush says that for decades, these extraterrestrials or whatever you want to call them, extra dimensionals, that they've allowed humans to annihilate themselves through genocides, war, famine, etc. So Grush basically thinks that they're neutral on what humans decide to do with their free will. I think there is a little bit more to that story from my research and listening to all of these different people. I think they're after certain things, but you know, it's interesting that, that he did say that. Okay. So when people say extraterrestrials, extra dimensionals, whatever, I think a lot of people have just one idea. Well, it's just these guys. It's like, it's like they came from Mars and they've gotten antennas and that's all the extraterrestrials that are that we're interacting with, right? It's like one kind. I think it's the grays right now. But no, there's lots of different kinds. And there have been reports of a lot of different looking ones. So I think you have to understand, I think people have to understand in general that that it isn't just one thing. It isn't just one group with one idea of what they want to do. But for the most part, you know, it's that whole thing of like, how come if they're they're here, how come they haven't landed on the lawn of the White House and, and wanted to go shake hands with the president kind of thing? That is like most people's idea of what's supposed to happen with this stuff. Um, yeah. And that's what the movies tell us, right? Or Because right. those are the risks. What if? It's those like are, mo movies tackle these what if ideas a lot. We don't, I don't know if we want to go down that path, but the whole hybridization, that's going into the place where people who are researching abduction accounts and then the information coming through on hybridization, like combining these, some specific genetics of certain aliens with humans to create the hybrids. Some of these, some of these, some of these hybrids are, 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 are around. I mean, they are in our society, Pe people that have been abducted then had children mixed with alien DNA. Well, and I think there's a lot about even human DNA that our scientists who have extremely bafflingly limited knowledge, you know, they don't know what's going on with, with a lot of the human DNA, why certain, right. certain anomalies exist within the DNA. You and I have gotten into this um, before. There's even potentially some strains of giant DNA that are, that are, that are weaved into human DNA. And sometimes there are alterations that, that occur to humans that they even call gigantism and different things. Right. Well, yeah, okay. Wait. So did you see that movie? I think it was called 65 with the, with the, the, the guy who came from another planet, Oh, 65 million years or whatever. Yeah. 65 million years. Did you see it's that on one? My list. I haven't watched it yet. All right. I really so, want to watch it. So basically, I'm going to like spoil, this is a spoiler alert, millions of years ago, right? From now. So he is a humanish character who comes from another planet and they're exploring the universe and he crashes, his spaceship crashes. It crashes on Earth 65 million years ago when the dinosaurs are here. So when I was looking at this guy, these pictures don't show it that well. I thought it was interesting because I thought he had a bit of the gigantism gene. Oh, Adam can, Driver. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of tell that he, it looked like to me that he had gigantism gene, which actually comes from the giants. 
right. and what people would consider the Anunnaki. So I thought it was a very curious like undercurrent of potential DNA this guy had that he'd be involved in a film that was him crash landing on Earth 65 million years ago, much like, you know, the Anunnaki stories and the giant stories that, that we even remote viewed, right? Yeah, I thought that was curious. I don't know, you know, let us know what you think about that. Does this guy, is, does he have gigantism genes? I couldn't tell 100% for sure, but I thought maybe he did. He's definitely got an interesting look. He was actually the only thing keeping those. I liked him. He was great. Yeah. He was great in that he, movie. He, he played Ben Solo, his name is, in the, the Star Wars movies, the, the newest ones that basically ruined Star Wars. But honestly, he was the only character in it keeping me going back because he was so good in it. He, he played uh, Kylo Ren in this, and he, he was, it was just excellent, like acting yeah adam driver yeah. and he's a, this guy is like a veteran he um you listen to him talk on interviews and the guy seems like a like a really interesting cool person yeah you know that yeah. you could hang out with and like eat a steak right. with and you know right and really i think what it came down to was the way his face was shaped and right. and of course like i don't think everything is a secret plan i'm not like after all of the what? research i've done like on, i went through phases <laughs> there was a time when i really thought almost everything was pretty planned you know for a few minutes and and then my I cup was just is like, trying to social engineer me <laughs> what is that oh it's a uh, franz kafka oh wow that's cool cup. yeah that's a cool cup I don't think that everything is planned. And I think human beings, there's like, I do think that a lot of high level things are, I think that there's a lot that we're not aware of that we'd be shocked if we knew was, was planned. Right. But I think there's a lot of things where it's just humans being humans with very limited decision-making powers on a lot of things, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't think humans are omnipresent. They're not. There's no evidence of that in history anywhere. I think what we'll do is we have a lot to go in, more exciting stuff on UFOs Lots of stuff. with Michael Schratt, and we have a lot of RV data to share about um, David Grush. So what we're going to do is we're going to end the episode here, and then on the next episode, we're going to be getting into so much more of this technology, a lot of these claims Michael Schratt has brought up, and most importantly, the juice on what's really going on with David Grush, what really happened, what is that story, and why are we hearing all about that now? So please stay tuned for the next episode. We love having you guys along. And um, if you would please leave a comment below, let us know what you're thinking, what you'd like us to cover, uh, what you think about our new sets, the whole deal. Um, yeah, and thank you guys so much, John. Thanks so much for being with us. And uh, yeah, we hope you thought that this episode was as out of this world as we did.